0: John Bones-Jones becoming the heavyweight champ after being away for, all, for over 1,100 days is a truly incredible story. Um, my next guest, Aaron Bronstetter, tweeted out before, if John Jones wins tonight, is it his most impressive win to date given all of the circumstances? Well, let's ask him as he's joining us now, MMA reporter for TSN Sports, does a lot of work with TSN Edge. Aaron, really appreciate Thank you so much for joining the show today
1: my pleasure, Matt. Not what, my recommendation to you is just give up the cuvees and just start watching the UFC on Saturday nights.
0: Mm. The problem is is that I'm getting older, and so that when you have a glass or two of wine, by the time the match you know, starts, you know, I'm getting blurry-eyed, I'm getting tired. You know, the, the UFC, it's a young man's game, my friend.
1: Well, yes, that I understand. I mean, when I'm packing up at like 3 a.m. <laughs> and, and heading back to my hotel, especially when it's on the East Coast, like if I'm in New York, just like walking through the streets of New York at like 3.15 a.m., you know, that's when I feel very old. Does Dana
0: White, okay, we're going in a completely different direction, and I understand we, well, actually, isn't the main reason is that they, people, there are people that monitor how many uh, customers are buying the fights and when the numbers start to go down and the, the rate of, of purchases slows down, is that when they start fights, or is that more something that we see in heavyweight boxing?
1: A couple of years ago, they tried to move it up an hour to 9 Eastern for the main card start, and I guess they didn't like what they saw in terms of the numbers and moved it back to 10 p.m. Eastern for the uh, the main card start time. So I guess they must have some metrics yeah. that show them globally it's the best time that they could be putting it on.
0: I wonder if it's all you know, connected just with the West Coast and with Vegas and just doing it more to, to satisfy uh, the, 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 uh, the betting that's going on out there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that would make sense, right? Because if the main card starting at... I mean, I think either way, though. Like, if it started at 6 p.m. Pacific versus 7 p.m. Pacific, I'm not sure if it would make that big of a difference. Mm. But uh, mm. And also, when they were looking at these analytics, I'm sure betting wasn't even taken into consideration because it was barely legal anywhere at that point. Right? It was just legal in Vegas.
0: So let's get to the, the big question here. Was that the most impressive win in the career of John Bones Jones, who, I mean, you know, it's had one of the most impressive careers in the history of the fight game?
1: Well, you referenced my tweet. Yes. Which said, given the circumstances... If you take those circumstances and you pair that with how he beats Cyril Ghosn, who is the number one heavyweight in the UFC, I mean, it's got to be his most impressive win ever, especially coming up on 36 years old this summer. For him to move to a brand new division, three plus year layoff against the best guy they have right now in the division. I mean, Francis Ngannou, obviously the big story with him is that he kind of left as a free agent. They, They couldn't come to terms with him and they let him walk. I think that I I can't think of a more impressive win, and I followed the entire – but my first UFC event that I ever went to live was the debut of Jon Jones. It was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, UFC 87. That was the first card I ever went to live. So I can can say with sincerity that I followed the entire career of Jon Jones, and I think that this has to be his most impressive performance, given all the circumstances, and now paired with how he was able to get the win.
0: Yeah, two minutes and four seconds. I mean, this wasn't something that went down to the wire and couldn't have gone either way. You know, people are still getting their seats and the fight was done. What for you is the more impressive feat if we look at it through the lens of degree of difficulty? The fact that it is first time in fighting in 1,121 days— or the fact that he uh, did it by going up to 248 pounds when he spent you know, 15 years or so of his career fighting at around 200. More impressive, the time off and he got it done or the weight gain and he got it done?
1: I'd have to say the time off because if he was, let's say, the reigning light heavyweight champion like he was for so many years and he just decided one day, look, I want to become a double champion, I want to hold both belts, and he moved up to heavyweight, I think that that's you know something that he could have done i think fairly convincingly leading into the fight where you would have said yeah you know this is something he's going to be able to do in this situation i think it's different because listen i, I made i had probably one of the worst reads of my life last week because i thought surreal gomez was going to win i thought the layoff was going to be too much i thought that the stylistic matchup wasn't going to play that much of a factor. I thought Gon was going to be able to keep it on the feet for a little bit longer um, than obviously he was able to. And, you know, it was just a historically bad read for me because I looked at all of the questions that were a bunch of little questions for John Jones and ignored the big question for Surreal Gon, which was, if Surreal Gon gets taken down, what is he going to be able to do? And the answer was not much. Yeah. Because that choke that John Jones locked in, in basically any other division, you're going to get out of that. At heavyweight, when a lot of these guys do not have refined ground games, because they can rely so much on striking, and Surreal Gunn has never really been tested in that realm outside of his fight against Francis Ngannou, who is the opposite of a wrestler who's a power puncher who was able to take him down. I ignored the big question, and that was my own undoing there. And uh, it, it just a historically bad read for me is basically the best way to put it. But I think that when you look at what John Jones was able to do, you know, the, to be able to do that off that kind of a layoff and show no rust whatsoever, it's just, there's the a reason this guy's the best of all time. It's yeah. like, it, to be able to do that is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, it's like he never left.
0: Yeah, you know, like, oh, He came in, uh, one in two minutes, beat the heavyweight champ. Okay, no, like it's just, it was, it's crazy. Uh, just the result, we're joined by Aaron Bronsted, our MMA reporter for TSN. Also, always does a, a great job with uh, with Jay Onright. I enjoy you discussing uh, what's the best fashion approach for you. You know, the tie or no tie with the uh, with the blazer um, how do we balance this? And, and this, I, I'm here for for your perspective and wisdom on it, where all the dominance in the octagon, but multiple performance enhancing drug uh, violations. And I know that, you know, what is legal and not legal, and what we regulate is different today than when it when he started. But how do you, Aaron? How do you view, uh, or how do you balance his his uh, legacy with that?
1: It's the same way that I look at baseball, right? Where you have guys like Bonds and Clemens and Maguire that are being kept out of the hall of fame and not getting any of the accolades. And then you've got people from that same era getting into the hall of fame. When, if you're, if you're operating in the wild west, you can't take it or leave it. It's all or nothing. And I think, and I, I am saying this a hundred percent stating that I do not believe that George St. Pierre took performance enhancing drugs, but he operated in that era. Anderson Silva, who did fail a drug test, operated in that era. If we're going to say who's the greatest of all time, and we're going to include those guys in the conversation and include guys like Fedor as, as the greatest heavyweight of all time and all of these guys from yesteryear, during a time when basically drug tests were an IQ test, and you look at who John Jones was against in his best years, to to say that emphatically that none of those people were on any sort of performance-enhancing drugs would basically just, you're just lying to yourself. I, I mean, yeah. so... I think that if you're going to look at the best era of John Jones' career, it was when he was in his 20s, and he basically took out the entire light heavyweight division, which at the time was the best division in the sport. So if you want to say, well, those guys were were clean, (laughs) I mean, give your head a shake because you're probably wrong.
0: Yep. It's it's a good answer. You can put an asterisk around Barry Bonds, uh, but he's still the the greatest hitter that I've ever seen. Um, How... How great a day was it for Dana White and for UFC? Because, like, like all leagues, it's not just about about the fight game. This any league, you need stars to have them come back and a win like that. What does that mean for uh, for the league? Well, first
1: off, you shouldn't call it a league cause it's definitely not a league. No, no, they, you're right. You're right. There's not <laughs> <sports> a pro-
0: <laughs> there's not a proper union. There's not your know, contracts yeah. and all that. Yes, absolutely, Dana might, But you're right. Um, um, what does this mean for uh, for MMA?
1: Well. The reason why this is a great question is because it's more than just John winning their heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou was at the end of his contract and the UFC offered him an astronomical amount of money compared to what a lot of other fighters are making. Francis came out and said it was seven or $8 million, like a, a fight or something along those lines. They basically He basically was asking for things that they were not able to provide him, uh, which were things that were going to help benefit a lot of the fighters in the UFC. And they were not willing to budge on certain things in order to bring Francis back. They let Francis walk, their heavyweight champion, and they give up on the Jones and Francis and Ganu fight. So as a result of that, they save, let's say they save $8 million on Francis. Right. They then turn around. And they replaced Francis with Surreal Gons, a guy who Francis had previously beaten. They pay him a fraction of the amount that they were going to pay Francis and Ghanu, Um because Dana White was asked, is, is Gone getting a, a, a pay bump for this fight, and he said, you know, Surreal Gons under contract. And they still put on the biggest heavyweight fight they've ever put on, and the fourth highest grossing fight, uh, you know, fight in the history of the promotion. That goes to show you the power of the UFC, that they were able to basically oust their heavyweight champion, or not necessarily oust them, but say, you know what, we're good. We're we're not going to give you what you're asking for. You're asking for too much in terms of uh, going above and beyond money. We can't accommodate this. They let him walk, and they still managed to put on the biggest heavyweight fights that they've ever put on and the fourth highest in MMA history. So bigger than UFC 100, bigger than UFC 200. Like a crazy gate for this kind of an event, I mean, to, to be able to do that just goes to show the power of those three letters, UFC. Yeah. Because it, to be able to, like, just... The, and that's why your question is such a great one. Because John winning the championship is great for them going forward, but for them to be able to do that and basically move on with the division and still make that much money on the fight, like, that's a, a massive feather in their cap.
0: How's Dana White feeling? Like, Like, I hear this answer, and it feels like he's just... Gonna be even more drunk with power than he already is. I like, think what what does this mean for him?
1: Oh well, um, yeah, I mean I think you're you're right. He hit that one on the nail. He should, oh my God. he should have a chip on his shoulder after all of this the way that all of this is played out. <laughs> you know, like it, it it couldn't have worked out better for them because they, I think the gate was fifteen just over fifteen million dollars. So if they were paying Surreal Gone, I'm gonna throw a ballpark figure out like let's say before pay per view buys, which I'm sure Surreal gets a cut of he was making two hundred and fifty, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars versus eight million dollars think of how much of that chip that cuts into the potential gate like even if this would have been an 18 million dollar grossing card you're still down you know you're still not making as much as you could when you have a guy like surreal gone filling in so it's I, I just think that the ufc now see that like and and i don't think they didn't know this beforehand but basically they can now say, like, anybody in our promotion is expendable. Like, we don't, we'll just roll on. The, the power of our brand is bigger than any one fighter, and this just basically cemented that.
0: What's next for uh, for Jones?
1: Well, it looks like it's going to be Stipe Miocic, who is the greatest heavyweight of all time, in my opinion, at uh, International Fight Week in July. So it'll be the greatest light heavyweight and possibly the greatest fighter of all time in John Jones against the greatest heavyweight of all time. So now you've set up another gigantic fight. I think, I think having... Jones faced Gone in his comeback fight rather than face Stipe, because apparently the fight with Stipe was close to happening like either next month or just recently, um, like this past weekend. Instead, they went with Cyril Gon. I think it's a better move because the way that Gon uh, got destroyed by Jon Jones, I think that sets up a really big matchup between him and Stipe where you can really advertise it as the greatest ever against the greatest heavyweight ever, and uh, I think they're going to sell, sell the heck out of that thing.
0: That is going to be, oh, my God, just the promotion leading up to it. Um, Aaron, I really appreciate, especially because I might have said words like stipe and gain, so I appreciate having you and your knowledge and wisdom on the show today. And, I yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, the, to me, that was the biggest story from the weekend, and right when I saw the final results, I'm like, okay, we got to talk about this on Monday. So I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Well, man, you're a sharp guy. You ask who's, what, what's next for Jones, instead of saying, Stipe Miocic was sitting cage-side, and Jones called him out, and Stipe looked to be in agreement that that would be next. So instead, you, you put the onus on me to say the name correctly. Oh, I did. Which is a very sharp veteran move on your part. You
0: could say a sharp veteran move or cowardly. Either either would have worked.
1: I think they can be one and the same, though, in this industry. Uh, am I right? Hell yeah. Every time. Uh, all right. <laughs> thanks so much, Aaron. All Always the best. Always a pleasure catching up with you been <laughs> a minute. So thanks for having me on.
0: Take care. That is Aaron Bronstetter, TSN MMA reporter, TSN Edge contributor as well.